thing about our Twitch streams is it's real life. You know, it's us it playing a game life. with our families around us. Yeah. Cool. She found it. Okay. Heath, we are actually streaming, just FYI, so oh. don't, don't badmouth yep. anybody. I, yeah. <laughs> yep. Keep clothes on. I mean, keep talking. It's just. Well, that ruins all my plans. Oh. Well, shoot. All right. Let me stop. <laughs> Tell me what you got. Um, we're we just going to sit here and we do were... this until Mike is available. <laughs> wow. I'm going to strangle my own spit. Until Mike's available. I know. Uh, you daylight savings time. I know. I mean, there's this culturally advanced civilization that doesn't feel the need to change the time by an hour in the fucking 21st century. I mean, seriously. Welcome to America. Yeah. Must be money somehow made by it. Well, since we're live, we can't um, start uh, singing the Disney show tunes that we were doing earlier. <laughs> just ah, just the right. dance. Interpretive dance. Okay. Interpretive dancing. <laughs> Aggressive. Interpretive dance. Negative violently. <laughs> what was that comedian talking about crossing the desert nakedly and violently? <laughs> I forgot. I don't know that one. Ago. I think Heath, you, you, were, you and I listened to something like that. And it was he crossed yes, the de- I, desert nakedly and violently. Yes, nakedly and violently, yes. Uh, I remember that. And nothing else. Basically, yeah. I wonder, I wonder, <laughs> I wonder what we were doing when we were watching that. That says that. both of a fit of laughter. Yeah. It, I'm trying to remember. It's Now, this has been, God, this is before the, your girls were born. When you were living in Atlanta, uh, there was something that came on the radio. We were in your old Magnum. Uh, <laughs> or no, was it a Magnum? A char- yeah, it was Magnum. Not the Charger, but Magnum, right? Yeah, Magnum. Magnum. And it came on the radio where we listened to some sort of comedy skit. And we just, like, teared, can't breathe laughing for about 20 minutes. Because we kept on yes. thinking about the idea of it. And it was something absolutely most ludicrous thing ever. And I just remember to this day, that's the funniest, I think, I've, that we've ever laughed at something. And Never laughed. I cannot remember. Yeah. I wish I could remember what it was. Absolutely. Yeah, I remember. I, was, I kept choking on my own spit. It was so bad. <laughs> it was absurdly funny. Yeah. <laughs> It was a comedian? It was yeah, just a, it was like some a... sort of comedian skit. And oh, okay, okay. I, I couldn't tell you if it was even recent back then. And, I mean, that was 15, 16, 17 years ago, maybe, when that happened. I mean, it's been a minute. I don't know if it was when you were moving to Maryville, because uh, I remember us doing something or going after something. I don't remember. We were in Alpharetta. Uh, but I've been there. I don't remember. Yeah. Do not oh, remember. Oh, my God. I used to live in Atlanta. Hilarious. Okay. So, yeah, I what moved part there. Of Atlanta? Um, so, whenever you say you used to live in Atlanta, someone yeah, always yeah. asks, what part of Atlanta? <laughs> yeah. Because no one lives in Atlanta. Right, right. It was started out in Marietta, then we went to Buckhead, and then um, moved out of Atlanta to Woodstock. Oh, cool. So, we were there about three years, and... Yeah, the, the, it was. I worked. I worked at the same place for two and a half of those years, and the traffic was wasn't so bad the first year because I lived literally across the street from where I worked. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was kind of funny. The, the commute still took on the order of like twenty twenty five minutes because I had to drive a mile away or about a mile, half a mile away, park at the parking garage, and then they would send a shuttle and just shuttle us back and forth between um, the lot. And so after about two weeks of that, I said, nope. <laughs> and yeah. uh, my wife started dropping me off and picking me up. 
how long did I live down there with you, Heath? It wasn't even a year. It's like nine months. It was, yeah. It wasn't a year. And the trouble was, I was an LPN at the time, and transferring a license from Tennessee to Georgia, it, it takes forever. It just takes a lot of time. A lot of paperwork and blah, blah, blah. So I spent that time working at Ruby Tuesdays. And oh wow! I, that's all I did. Like I, I, you know, working at Ruby Tuesdays in Atlanta. You, a, I'm a horrible waiter, uh, so I never <laughs> made good tips. Uh, yeah. but yeah. it's the resting bitch face. <laughs> I'll cheese more. <laughs> the funny thing though is, uh, at least back then, Ruby Tuesdays had this this wow system, right? Like. If you exceed sales and drinks, you oh, yeah. you, you get a wow. We're talking about that now. And if you exceed appetizer, appetizers, and, dessert, and, and, and a, a, all yep. this different stuff, and I had this really bad habit of wearing these jeans I wasn't supposed to wear. Like I just wore them, even though the the regional boss would come in and say, uh, "Those jeans are not good. You should wear some other." And I'm like, "Okay," and I didn't care. I just kept wearing them anyway because they fit and they were comfortable. Um, anyway. Literally the day that I went in there, because I had been accepted to go back to UT in Knoxville, <laughs> um, they had announced that I had acquired, or not acquired. Oh, yeah. I remember you had the board. You had like a ranking board Yeah, we had a ranking right? board. Yeah. And to get a single wow is, is good. That means you've got one or two of these items <clears throat> above a certain level, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Well, this last shift, or this last week of shifts, I had worked the bar back. So I had a lot of bar tables and all this thing. And I had meet expect great. I had exceeded expectations on all four of these different areas, which is called a double wow. <laughs> right? So it's huge. It's this big deal. And I go in there, and I walk in, and it's my last shift. I'm there to tell them that literally this is my last day I quit because... I, I suck at this, and I'm going to go back to Knoxville. Um, no notice? Well, that was my notice. Um, yeah. <laughs> I walk in, and I'm sitting here in my mind going, yay, I got accepted to UT. I'm going to go to – at the time, I was going pre-med. I'm like, yes, I'm in. I'm going back to school, blah, blah, blah. So I'm excited. I walk in, and I walk in the door, and like all these other waiters and waitress staff are – Walking in, they're looking at me. They're going, "Congratulations, that's amazing." I'm like, "How the hell did you find it? I just got the other day." <laughs> it's just in my mind, though. I'm like, "Thanks." So I walk Thanks. in, and first thing I see is the store manager, the regional manager, and the district manager standing around talking. And I'm wearing those fucking jeans. <laughs> <laughs> so I walk in. I'm like, "Well, all right, so I'm quitting anyway, so it doesn't matter." Uh, and I forgot my manager's name. I was like, hey, can I talk to you? He's like, yeah, we want to talk to you. You did a great job. I'm like, how did you guys find out? <laughs> What's going on here? Anyway, they they explained the whole double owl, which I'd never heard of until I actually did it. But uh, the regional director, the one that kept on, <laughs> kept on telling me to change pants, he looks at me, looks down <laughs> at my jeans and goes, man, you got a double wow, even wearing those pants. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, thanks, and uh, I quit. <laughs> I'm and going back to school. And they're all just like looking at me dumbfounded. Like you got, you know, Apparently nobody had ever done it at the store before. So I'm a lousy waiter. I don't know how I did that. But apparently the stars were aligned and the gods were in my favor. That's yeah, cool. I was reading something um, a long time ago. It was about, you know, talking to people and it, uh, largely just small talk. And one of the th- one of the things this guy was talking about is like it's a it's a fairly common trick I've never heard of. 
But if you if you you see somebody and it, it can't be a stranger, it's got to be somebody you know. But you want to say something nice to them, you say congratulations, oh. and it's amazing because it's like somewhere, usually somewhere in, in someone's mind, there's something good that has happened to them, and it could have been like a year ago, mm-hmm. and you may not know what that is, right? But you say congratulations to them, and all of a sudden that 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 comes to their mind. It's like, they're, and they're they're doing what you said, Matt. It's like. How did they know? Yeah, right. You know, it's it's a nice thing to say, and yeah. all of a sudden, it's like, wow, they're really, it's it's a trick. So you know, but still, it's like two things. It's like you're saying something nice, and also, if it works, it, it makes them feel like that you actually know something about them, like you care right? about them. You pay attention. Exactly. To them. Yeah. Yes. Was this um, like a book about how to manipulate ingrained friends? Uh, <laughs> Ish. Ish. <laughs> it sounds like Ish. something you have a book about how to manipulate and gain friends. <laughs> so now you just yep. go around saying, congratulations, everybody, and they love you. That's like, good job. Good job. Good job. Congratulations. Good job. Good job. Good job. Good job. Good job. Good game. Good game. Mm-hmm. There's, a, there's a lady at um, um, a cashier at Target the other day, and she had the shirt. It was a red shirt because, you know, they always wear red. Um, <laughs> They're all going to die. Even, even, well, yeah. <laughs> right. Um it's convenient that I live near one. Maybe they'll they'll take out the apocalypse. We'll hit there first. I'll, I'll know. Anyway, um, she had a shirt and it was in big letters that said, "You're you're kicking me, Smalls. You're you're kicking me, Smalls." And I was like, "I thought the line was you're killing me, Smalls." And she's like, "Yeah, it's a it's a play on that because of you know the little one that's kicking me inside." And I was like, "Oh." <laughs> So I was like, congratulations. Actually, I, I think I forgot to say congratulations because I was like, oh, I get it. Ha, 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 ha. And then I just walked away, you know, after saying thank you for the <laughs> for that. Yeah, that, that somehow in my mind that intersects with the conventional wisdom of never congratulating a woman that she's pregnant. Oh, unless you know for a fact that she's pregnant. And even just don't. Just 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 don't. <laughs> I, I I didn't, and I, I was like, should I should I have gone back and said something? But I don't know. But no, it was funny. You're kicking me, Smalls. That's pretty <laughs> yeah. funny. The one that I uh, my wife thought was the funniest one was a green shirt. It's kind of a dark green shirt, and down um, kind of down low, you know, where on the the belly portion of the shirt, it said uh, watermelon smuggler. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I remember she, we were walking somewhere, you know, when before my son was born, and somebody just like over there looked over at us and then just howled laughing. It's <laughs> <laughs> like that's great. Oh man, we are experiencing so, a little. Well, oh. I was going to ask. Uh, so when we finished last, I don't want to get into the game because we're waiting on Mike, but. Um, when the gnome squirted, you what? made a comment that you didn't expect that to happen, right? When the what? When the gnome what? Escaped. Oh. What, what did you say, though? You did... Squirted. Squirted? Oh, okay. Yes. Um, <laughs> no, I had... No, that... Of course it didn't go any way at all that I expected or designed. <laughs> it never does. That's part of the game. That's part of that is absolutely the game. That is the game. Yeah. It's just that, testing the DM's improv skills, <laughs> being <laughs> on your toes mm-hmm. and just making the best out of it, and trying to do as much yes and as you can. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. The um, 
the 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 him the him running away was that was that planned? It was whatever you grabbed him and he scored it out that became the plan. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, was his in, was his intention was to run away or was it the fight? Well, that that'll be a little too much, too okay, much okay. behind okay. the scenes. All right, um, that's fair. But I will say that it did not go at all. That I, it was no real plan. Like again, the way I DM is, I have a theme. I have. Uh, everybody's a faction. I know what he wants. I know why he wants it. Like I know the things that he wants and needs. Yeah. And yeah, I try yeah. to react however the PCs and other NPCs react. So that was the only thing in my mind that in his mind was the safest bet because you guys went in there, you scared the hell out of him by being the one armed man, you know, holding up the four fingered man and you know, yeah. talking about all these different the the last laugh, you're talking about them that startles him. Uh, you shook him out of his illusion enough to where he, he it shimmered and he f- went back to a gnomish form. Like all these things are happening. He's like, I just got back from lunch. Like what the <laughs> hell is going on? You know. Yeah. So it was hey, just Matt, him reacting. Um, yes. Somebody was asking what type of game we're playing. Um, Jester Welch. Can I give him the give him the elevator pitch real quick? Sure. Uh, we are playing uh, Dungeons Dragons Five E. This is the uh, Shackled City, I guess, Adventure Path from an old Dungeon Magazine. Uh, does that cover everything? <laughs> we just started. This is episode five. We're going to get started here in a second. Our Australian friend uh, it does not change due to daylight savings, so we're kind of just talking, messing around until he gets on. Uh, but this is a 5e Dungeons & Dragons game with an old Dungeon, uh, an old uh, Adventure Path called shackled city there you go is that a good ex- is that a good elevator pitch we're in so. uh we're in greyhawk okay, yeah. uh, city of cauldron city of cauldron and greyhawk it's pretty much all that there is right now except for the actual story there it's right now it's kind of a mystery they're uh kind of chasing clues figuring out what's going on with a couple of abducted orphaned orphans and then some of the clues are running through the city, as we, we don't were see. not able to catch them. <laughs> Doctor Doctor Foe, no, they have not been identified yet. As of episode four, they had rolled a couple of checks, knowledge checks, arcana, whatnot, and this thing's pretty rare. They haven't identified it quite yet. Oh, the invisible thing on the ground. Yep, I'm assuming it's an invisible attacker. Yes. Well, I guess it's the only invisible tiger oh, there has been. When, well, I'm just I'm just trying to decide how much to ask before Mike gets here. Um, like how many how many guards came in the door? Uh, there were four total. I'm trying to four total. So four like guards. a sergeant okay. and three goons. One stayed outside. Actually, the start the sergeant's the one that really stayed outside. The other three went in. Uh, one was standing with you, Khaldun, just kind of near you, just, you know, being wary and aware, alert. Um, essentially what they're waiting for is the, uh, watch captain, uh, cause somebody was sent off to cat to gather the watch captain. Cause they, I hope they, they bring us our money. <laughs> you never went back to the, the, to the station. Well, it happened yesterday. Up. It literally happened yesterday. That's true. So, it's, it's, it's hard to not, remember. It's not that we had the opportunity. Hello, Casey. Because I, th- I think 
we we went like first thing in the morning to the orphanage to check it out, and then we immediately came here, and it's lunchtime the next day. So it's <laughs> so we may be making a trip to uh, the guardhouse here in a minute to go pick up our reward. Okay. And our handcuffs, our shackles. <laughs> but right um, now, I think the problem. only law. Yeah, I think the only uh, I think the only law we've broken is destruction of property, and we fixed that, so we're good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, no, you've removed all the that. evidence. Of course, there is a dead something lumped invisibly on the floor with with ashes on it. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know. Casey, it's been a good weekend. It's just ending now, but this is a good way to end a weekend, I suppose. Oh, I was going to mess with the uh, frame rate, right? Were we talking about that? Yeah, resolution, resolution. frame rate. Yeah, you could turn your frame rate down to probably 30 frames per second since we're not doing a lot of action shots. So I've got it set for 720p30. Frame yep. rate is 30. Yep. Okay, I think we already, I think I did that last time. So, oh, no, God, are you sure I wanted to cancel? Do not exit. I almost exited freaking Twitch Studio. Blah. That would be unfortunate. <laughs> That'd be a, a Can snafu. I make a recommendation? On no. these um, ten foot square, okay. On these t- <laughs> ten foot square blocks, yes. Um, when we move on these ten foot squares, if we will put our tokens in the corners of yes. a square, that's a good idea. Because I've been looking, a lot of the maps I've noticed are going to be ten foot squares for the foreseeable future until probably until the next author. Uh, because the map makers are usually the same for the entire adventure. So this is going to be something that happens on a frequent basis, 10 foot squares. So yeah, I mean, we'll just have to kind of eyeball it a little bit, but right. doing, doing a corner. We can, you can do something in roll 20 to address it. It's just a little fiddly to drop a grid on there and essentially bisect the squares. So if you, uh, of course, nobody can see the Twitch stream. If you looked, if I could put a transparency over, the map I have now, you would see a grid, but that grid, no way. It's just, there's a lot of fiddly things about roll 20. One of them being, if I move one map, all five maps that I've got prepared move at the same time. If I zoom in, (laughs) zoom out, they all move. I I got, I checked every source, including Reddit, which usually has all my answers. There's no way to make them individual that I've seen or can figure out. Um, So there's not like scenes. You can't like set up individual scenes. Well, there's with different maps. There are different set, different maps, different scenes, and the way you do it is you you pull this little flag that shows what the characters are seeing. But every single one of those are essentially attached to one grid. So moving it, zooming in and out, does the exact same effect oh, on everything you got set up. So they all have to be the same scale. Yeah. So. It, Unfortunate. It breaks a little bit of the immersion whenever I have to flip from one okay. map to another, and but I'll just have to recenter it, and it's good to go after that. Okay. Yeah, as long as we zoom in big enough that we can place ourselves in, in the corners of the squares, I think we'll be okay. Yeah. Yeah, and that's what because, I've been doing. Um, I've been trying to zoom in as, as close as possible to the map to give. And also, you can resize your tokens, make them a little smaller if that ever becomes necessary, but... Right now, the map is a little unnecessary. You're not in combat. You're going to be doing some, you know, fast talking to get yourself out of jail. That kind of thing. You know. uh, I'm just going to burn the house down. That's uh, Yeah, it's going to be kind of difficult for Fairzone. He doesn't talk fast. <laughs> Sorry. 
Hey. Hello. There's a mic. In front of his mic. Howdy, man. <laughs> a wild Aussie yeah, appears. <laughs> Mike, fair warning, we are streaming right now. Oh, I'll put my pants on. <laughs> That's not necessary. <laughs> oh, I God. Worn, I haven't worn oh. pants a single episode. Uh, we've got the, uh, <laughs> the we'll be streaming soon. Like, we're not got the main screen up, but we're just chit-chatting until you got ready. Uh, pants back off again, then. Go right ahead. All right, let's flip it over and see what we no see. No Pants Sunday. I told you the story about No Pants Sunday, right? Uh, no, I'm listening, though. Oh. Okay, that's that's a different that's a story for a different day. Wow. You have to it, turn the camera back off. Camera back that's off. A, that's a different kind of stream, is what you're saying. Yes. Hey, amazing. All right. So everything, is, things. everything is where it should be. Yeah. I see everyone... I even see the icons below Mike. <laughs> Work in progress. <laughs> yes. Work in progress. <laughs> Mike, how you been? Uh, yeah, not too bad. All right. Uh, but, no, that, that, that's a lie. I've been sick, but other than that, not yeah. too bad. <laughs> yeah. We've had a good 20 minutes to kind of chat and get things, get things rolling. Cool, cool. Yeah, the the wonders of daylight saving is that uh, my side of the my side of the world doesn't do it. Yeah. You might right. not save yeah. any daylight. <laughs> no, we have we have all the daylight, so it's fine. Yeah, seeing how it's summer, <laughs> she has a summer. Yeah, <laughs> and you, it's a desert. Have your has your country ever done any kind of daylight savings, or is it just something you've given up in the past? Uh, no, the the other half of the country does daylight savings. So the the eastern uh, coast does daylight savings. Um, well, most of it, not all of it. Um, we had a referendum at some point about introducing daylight savings, and then there was that got voted down. And then the powers that be said, "Well, we realised that we gave people the vote, but the, it was a stupid vote." So then they forced it on us for a year, and then we had another referendum, and then we voted not to have it again um, because daylight savings is dumb. So. <laughs> It's just I antiquated, agree. you know. Like, there's no need for it anymore. Well, I'm a software guy, and I, I deal with daytime math a lot. And um, yeah, daylight savings is one of the worst things imaginable. Time zones suck. Let alone changing the clocks in within yes. a time zone. So daytime math. Date time math. Date oh. time math. Yeah. <laughs> like, all right. I mean, I never really took advanced math classes. I don't know if there's a nighttime math and a daytime math. So I'm no, no, no. I mean, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Legitimate stupid it's more like when 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 the when you get a business requirement that says something like you know within three business days, what does that mean when you're in multiple time zones and one of them has a daylight savings shift and the yes. other one doesn't? It's like oh. yes. it, gets, it gets hugely complicated and stupid, and I hate it. Yes, calendars are terrible. And when Just when UTC. when um, Elon Musk gets his older Mars, then uh, you know it won't matter which side of the home rock is warmer. <laughs> home rock was that estimated by 2026 right we're almost there yeah <laughs> all right we might as well get started uh it's 8 55 eastern standard daylight savings time <laughs> all the above uh so last time the party had let's see 
kind of running together, episode three and four. Episode four is basically, uh, you got, oh, you started outside of Gelv's locks. Mm-hmm. You walked mm-hmm. in, you talked to him, you scared the piss out of him. He So much that he shimmered and turned into a gnome. Uh, <laughs> Faison tried to get, grab him and pet him and squeeze him and call him George. And he, <laughs> he squirted right out, as he says, <laughs> and bolted into the crowd. Um, he repped it. As you guys were trying to kind of chase him down, or just at least observe where he went, Khaldun was set upon by an invisible beastie, uh, which y'all vanquished heartily, quickly, fastly, and gridly. Uh, let's see if I can move. My map is acting up. Aggressively. Aggressively. Adjectively. Killed the creature. Yes. And um, <laughs> after Farzan had defenestrated himself... Uh, and come back in. Refinistrated. Or finistrated? Definistrated? Uh, Anti-finistrated. Came back in. Uh, Farazhan, or excuse me, Khaldun, repaired everything. Repaired the window using his mystical, magical uh, blacksmithing tools. And the <laughs> guards showed up. Somebody among the crowd had gone to find them. And as you look out, you see a dozen rubberneckers taking selfies and with like etchings and, and uh, watercolors quick as uh, you started, began to talk to the guards, the sergeant of the wa- of, of this particular watch sent out one of the other guardsmen to go find the watch captain because somebody tripped over an invisible dead body and he was a little at a loss to figure out what's going on. And that's where we will start today. Any questions about up to now? Yes. Reminders? Yeah. What's up? I have a question. What's up? So this is a a metagame question. Um, We discussed uh, the ability to craft or commission crafts of items. And usually part of that process is having components, part of a formula or something like that. Yeah. So we've run across a mystical, unusual creature. Uh, so my question is: Is it should it be something that we should be considering harvesting parts of strong or mystical creatures as part of that process? So if Khaldun wanted to make, I don't know, a cloak of invisibility, this creature appears to be permanently invisible. That would sort of fall in line with something that you know, get the fingernails so that you can make the cloak of invisibility. Or hair to weave into a cloak of invisible. You, you get my point. Yep. So the short, short answer is yes. Absolutely. Okay. Um, and the way it's going to happen is you're going to need a formula for the item. You'll need some sort of uh, material component to create the item. And the closer it is associated to what you're creating, the more value it will have towards the cost of creating that item. And we'll okay. replace the cost of some of that item. So let's say something costs okay. 500 gold pieces to create. You find some, a mystical item that's kind of rare that'll cover 200 gold pieces of the cost as okay. part of the creation. That kind of thing. So yeah, be on, the, be, you know, uh, be on the lookout for things like that. I'll remind you sometimes if something looks particularly okay. useful. Um, generally, I'll have an idea of what I'll want to use it for. But if you can... can you know, logically convince me why it might be good for something else. Sure. I'm sure that would work fine. I mean, nothing is locked in. Like you don't have to have like a troll scrotum in order to have a ring of regeneration. It's not specific. Okay. You could definitely use a testicle if you Watch like. Watch out, but trolls! Fingernail will work. Yeah, <laughs> going to castrate every troll in the known region. 
But It'll so yeah, back. yeah, we're gonna we're gonna incorporate uh, crafting items. Uh, and, and Auditions are open for fairs on. <laughs> <laughs> You're uh, Jamie, Jamie switched to a new career in castrating <laughs> trolls. It's far more far more lucrative. You no, gotta no, have no, a, no, gotta no. have a day Looking job, man. Looking for a new path. <laughs> you, find, you have to find some way to pay those that nightly rent and pay for the food. You're a big dude. You eat a lot of you eat a lot of a lot of super. A lot of super. A lot of super. Oh man. Okay. So skinning the skinning the invisible thing apparently is on the to do list. We should probably, since we've got like a dozen people on, um, make sure everybody knows who's playing who. Hey, good idea. I'm Matt. I'm the DM. He's not playing anyone. No. I'm playing everyone. He's playing everyone, He's playing everyone but us. <laughs> everyone else. Khaldun. I am Ethan playing Khaldun, a Githyanki abjurer. Tarathiel. I am Minecom playing Tarathiel, the elven rogue. Fairzon. I am Jamie, and I am playing Fairzon. He is a Goliath fighter. Well, there we go. Uh, now we're all friends. Squad. Now I'm going to introduce you back up as this party gets arrested. <laughs> good question do y'all yeah. have backups made already no yes yes, yes. Okay. mine is what? Calduna and <laughs> it looks a lot like Caldu Carl Dune <laughs> <Carl> <laughs> I'm um, just going to play Tarathiel's missing little finger <laughs> just call you pinky switch to the... yeah. just wait till I get clone they will have all kinds of fun <laughs> <laughs> You're not going to make it. So the, players, make it. the characters are sitting in Gelb's locks. There are several guards in here standing by, keeping an eye on you, uh, not openly th- threatening, don't have weapons drawn. The Good. sergeant is in the main room with the chairs, uh, just kind of pacing slowly, waiting for the uh, guard captain, the captain of the watch, to show up. And Okay. A good half an hour later, uh, you figure it took time for the guard to go find the captain, convince him a reason to come by, and then bring him to this area. Uh, the guard that left comes in with kind of an older man, uh, older as in mid to late 50s, grayish hair. He is not dressed in the uniform of a guardsman. He's not in armor. He's not in gun weapons. He's actually dressed... And somewhat of finery, like uh, weekday business casual kind of thought. Uh, he walks in with the other guardsmen and looks to the sergeant. Sergeant, I was having dinner with the Lord Mayor, and I was told this is important. Please report. And the sergeant kind of gets this, this look of nervousness in his eyes, like he's he's set before the captain. He's got to talk to the captain. Well, Captain, uh, we had a report of uh, some sort of uh, altercation inside the, of this premises. We came in, uh, Gelv wasn't here, and one of the other uh, one of the other guards tripped over an invisible body that appears to be dead. I- I'm sorry, I didn't know what to do. I, I didn't mean to bother you, but you're the day captain, uh, the day watch captain. Uh, Watch Captain looks at the sergeant. You realize you're going to have to learn to deal with these kind of problems on your own if you ever want to get promoted. We've talked about this before. Show me what you have. The captain walks around and pushes the 
the curtains aside to the back, looks over at the body, the dust covering, the ash covering the naked, the the naked, but the invisible body. Naked. He was naked, actually. He had no clothing on. Um, he walks over, kicks the body. This doesn't look normal. The sergeant. Genius no, level, no, sergeant. No, no sir. Whoa. Uh, we don't feel like this is a normal uh, creature. Um, Gelv is nowhere to be seen. They said that he left and and ran into the, the ran into the crowd, uh, scared of these three gentlemen. Looks up at Fairzon as everybody does. Captain looks around. Are there any dead citizens? No, 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 sir. There's not. Are there any wounded citizens? No, not that we've seen. Have these people committed a crime that you've seen personally or have report of? No, sir. Uh, no, they haven't. Does this look like a supernatural creature to you? Yes, sir. He's starting to, like, shrivel. You can see his shoulders <laughs> crawling. Yes, sir. We're adventurers. <laughs> exactly. Captain looks at the sergeant. What do we normally do with supernatural things? We call the churches. We find adventurers. He looks at Fairzon. Looks at Khaldun. I am not a smart man, but these do not appear to be standard citizens of Cauldron. Are these adventurers? <laughs> yes, Captain. Am I done here? Yes, Captain. Captain turns and walks out the front door. Sergeant looks to the three of you. Can you help me figure out what this is? <laughs> and he just steps back. <laughs> Please, tell me what's going on. I will be so, happy to take a look at it. So you did try to identify it last time I recorded. You you rolled a Knowledge Arcana. Wasn't quite enough. Uh, you actually rolled fairly well, if I remember correctly. It's just that this is a very kind of unique, rare creature. You've never, you have no idea what this could be. Okay. Well, I'm still going to at least go through the motions of it because I asked nicely. Um, and <laughs> in the process, I'm going to harvest what I think would be useful. Okay. So now that you're down and... You're getting the time, you're allowed the time to physically examine and you're having to go by by touch. This thing is still invisible. It, it's, mm -hmm. it's a very featureless, hairless humanoid, but both of the hands end in extended three to four inch long claws. That's the only thing besides, you know, obviously invisibility and just the, the lack of shape that you mm -hmm. see that makes this thing more of a non-humanoid. These long is it, claws. Does it feel solid, just invisible? It's not incorporeal. I mean, it's not like no, semi-incorporeal. It is. It's obviously not incorporeal. But yeah. It is solid. It it's is just solid. Transparent. Yes. Okay. And that's going to take you. And you, you were looking to probably take the nails, some sort of clipping. You're talking about doing that for uh, whatever my arcanic knowledge says is the right thing to do. Probably the fingernails, the fingers, the claws, be the simplest, okay. easiest, and most effective. Um, Got it. So, Caldun, that's going to take you a few minutes. Fairzon, Tarathiel, okay. what is your plan during this time? 
<laughs> it was a burden <laughs> <of> my head. <laughs> nice. Um, so I guess Tarathiel was prepared to show off the the writ that we have from the church, um, but it seems like that's not necessary anymore. Um, so he'll he'll try and kind of corner the sergeant and say, "We uh, we had reason to believe that uh, there was a problem with the locks at the the orphanage, and so we came to ask Elv about it, but uh, he turned into a gnome and ran away." Gelv turned into a gnome. That's, that sound, sounds strange. Uh, and also a cat just walked by. <laughs> it does that. I, um, I, 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 look, I, I hear the conversation and I look up at the two of them and I go, well, is he a sergeant? Is this guy the sergeant? You're speaking to the sergeant, yes. Okay. Uh, I look at the sergeant and I say, sergeant, it... it it goes something like this, and I cast this guy self, and I turn myself into Gelf. Huh. Well, and then I shake it off. The the Gelf family has been running this this establishment for years, 20, 30 years. His father uh, ran the store before he did. Now he's running the store now since his father passed. They've we've <laughs> we've always known them as humans. This is. This is, well, apparently it is my pay grade and the captain doesn't want me to talk to him about it. So, <laughs> all right, this is unusual. Uh, I will definitely add this to the report that maybe this is uh, Keegan Gelf. Maybe it's an imposter. Um, all right. What else? <laughs> you, you're here no, because I... of the orphans. You confronted him and he ran away. That's about the size of it. And then whatever that thing was attacked us. Where did that come from? I think the top of the stairs, you know, the the more I think about the situation, it's possible that this thing was watching Gelv. You know, it's possible Gelv may be innocent if he knew that this, he had sort of a, a watcher or something you know, making sure that he was behaving a certain way. When a mummy but invisible it, it, it monster seems to leap down from the top of the stairs. Interesting. Um, all right. Um, what do you think I should do? Says the sergeant. Do you need my assistance? Could you help us find Gelb? Yes. Yes. Excellent I idea. Can, he turns. I can do with a cup of coffee. <laughs> uh, uh, and a bowl of cereal. <laughs> and a million. Just a bowl. I have the cereal. So he, he looks at you and, <laughs> and he looks at some of the other guards. Go find this gnome. Go find Gelv. Um, uh, well, I guess we're going to either look for the human Gelv or the gnomish Gelv. Really, any gnome will stick out. I'm sure they all know each other in this town. Um, I'm going to go back. What's that? It's a little racist, but sure. This whole town has a very racist feeling to it. I mean, you are three of maybe 20 that are non-human in this entire 5,000-person city. So, yeah, that's a little bit of a racial overture here. 
Um, <laughs> he does send the other three guards out. Well, they're all three back. Since all three guards out, contact other guards, spread the word. We're looking for you know APB on this gnome or Gelv or whatever we can do. Um, find him, track him down. We need to see what, find out what's going on here. The three guards salute and head out the door. Uh, Sergeant Fair, Fairzon will stop them and just give him a, a quick, up close description. So he was about this tall, you know, and all that sort of, <laughs> that sort of thing. Very I know me. Yeah. Can Fairzon do that with one hand? He's yeah. this, <laughs> this tall. Yeah, this tall. His no, nose is about this long, you know, <laughs> that sort of thing. Okay, great. And they're <laughs> scribbling down big nose, short. All right. And they all three head out. Uh, Sergeant says, I am going to go back to headquarters. Uh, I'm going to make a report. Please, if you gather any more information, let us know. Um, all right, contact a church about these this creature. I don't know. Watch Captain Markham. I, this has never happened before. I've never dealt with anything but just raffle, riffraff, and murder here. Or kidnapping there is the worst I've ever seen. So um, please report if you find out something. Um, oh. Farazan will ask. Uh, the, sorry. Uh, Farazan will ask the sergeant. He says, you said contact a church to help us identifying this creature yes church would help with identification but we rely are on there the churches for weird things like this i mean this isn't People. your run just robbery this isn't just one guy mugged another this is a invisible thing i we i this is we we don't deal with this stuff we we deal with just the, the regular <laughs> easy stuff we leave that up to you, your venture types and the churches and the mystical powerful. Maybe even go talk to the people, uh, one of the headmasters of the academy. They may be able to help you out. Is, Where can is we this find this academy? Medium or small? Uh, the academy is actually literally right next door. and yeah, It's next door. <laughs> and the, med- the invisible creature is medium. Okay. Small side of medium, but it is technically a medium creature probably five feet tall maybe four it's typically okay. served rare but this one's medium yes all right well I'll, I'll i'll grab it and throw it over my shoulder okay uh, what's your strength i mean it's not 14 oh yeah no problem you got it hefted up you look like you're <laughs> miming carrying something because it's invisible on your shoulder uh there is no blood has left nothing behind. Uh, you nobody actually took damage. So every time you got hit, your shield absorbed it. Is that right? Yes, that's correct. Okay, so there's no real indication anymore that anything happened here, except for maybe that part of the carpet's a little scuffled. But you fix the window. There's no blood remaining. Looks like nothing really ever happened here. Hmm. You didn't see anything. <laughs> I don't. I don't like the way he's pointing that out. To be honest, <laughs> just that, setting that the scene. Uh-huh. So the guards just left us in Gelves all alone in yes. this whole building. Yes. And Tarathiel isn't casing the whole place. <laughs> well, Tarathiel hasn't had a chance yet. <laughs> but they did. I remember the, remember they, the cup standing right here. They have. 
he sent the three uh, guards out first, and after just kind of asking you to let him know what's going on, because there is nothing that falls, quote, under the jurisdiction of the city guard going on right here. Like, nothing's happened. Nothing's missing. Nobody's hurt, killed, murdered. The only thing that's here is this invisible blob of, of dead creature, and he wants nothing to do with it. It's obvious. He's just, <laughs> I ain't writing there. I'm too old for this shit. I ain't writing this report, that kind of thing. You know, he... <laughs> He was basically given pass by his watch captain to pass it off. And that is exactly what he's done. Fair enough. Okay. All right. Have a good day, Sergeant. Thank you. And he salutes, nods, and turns around and like does one of those quick walks. Like he wants to get the hell out of there, but he doesn't really want to be running. Okay. He's getting somewhere knees down. All right. Uh, so Ferzan, once he leaves, um, he looks at uh, Khaldun and says, do you want assistance at the academy? Yes. The, um, the more descriptions, the better, I think, if people start asking questions. However, I think, and Khaldun looks around, this is our opportunity to get more information while we're here. Then let us do so. And then we can go next door. And he and Farzan will start redecorating. <laughs> what does that mean? Uh, I mean, changing the window dressings. You know. <laughs> Swaps the red carpets, uh, uh, drapes out for the black ones. He's, mm-hmm. he's painting the walls. Yeah. So, uh, no, no. I mean, so he's, I, I mean, I have a... go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, he starts going through everything, uh, you know, the counter, what's under the counter, flipping over the chairs. I mean, he's not a uh, creature of subtlety. Okay. So um, now we're committing crimes. Cool. So, so in the storefront, um, I described that there's the two chairs. There's the, uh, the furnace. That's not the word I'm looking for. The fireplace. Fireplace. Uh, the door to the north is closed and locked uh, behind the counter. There is a small mahogany strongbox that is closed and locked locked as well. Um, you've already been upstairs. You found two other doors that were both closed and locked. And mm-hmm. all these locks look fresh, new, and clean. And superior. They are, they <laughs> yeah. are very I, well I, made. I have a question. Um, when it comes to assisting people in skill checks... Like, for instance, if I wanted to assist Tarathiel, uh-huh. do I need proficiency in Thieves tools? It It's going to come down to what the assistance is, what you're assisting. Some things, it's just how do you assist with that. Um, okay. Some things you wouldn't be able to assist unless you had proficiency. So it will be kind okay. of a case-by-case thing to, to ask if you're going to assist to pick a lock with using him using his Thieves tools would be very hard for you to assist with or without okay. proficiency. I, if you, unless you can come up with a, a good explanation, like I've opened this lock before, this is how, tried this, you know, up, down, blah, blah, blah. I don't know how, uh, that you could assist with picking a lock. You could hold the light. You could hold um, the light in your teeth. So the only thing, the only thing <laughs> I have would be something like mage hand that can do something a normal hand can't. Okay. Do you have proficiency in? I do not. Okay. In this particular case, for these locks, it would be very difficult for you to assist him picking them. Okay. 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 Yeah. 
Um, do any of the do any of the locks look like they would be easier to pick than any of the others, or are they all of equal difficulty? All three of the locks in this place to other rooms are of equal difficulty. They look exactly the same. Okay, and the strong box. Strongbox, uh, it's actually a smaller lock. It's almost, it's it's a tiny padlock. Probably easier. Okay. I'm trying I to figure out. for that one. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to figure out how I managed to get this to roll the thieves tools last time, but I can't figure that out, so I can ignore that. Uh, I'm going to attempt to unlock the, the lockbox once, we've, once we're on our own. Okay, guards are gone, you're on your own. So give okay. me a thieves tools check dexterity uh, check. Dexterity plus proficiency, right? Because I'm proficient with thieves tools. Yes. Seventeen. Not quite enough. Not quite enough. These are some tough locks. He must be a locksmith. <laughs> it's like he does this for a living. <laughs> family tradition or something. Runs in the family. Nah, I'm not able to get him. So, right. in order to avoid just like trying things over and over and over and over again, um, mm-hmm. there is no penalty for for failing these checks. Like mm-hmm. if you rolled a natural one on picking a lock, you would not. There would be no negative effect. So, what I'm saying is, you wouldn't break a pick. Sometimes you might. Some locks have that built in to where if you fail by five, you break your lock or your, your pick. Yeah. There's no fail. There's no penalty for failure. So basically what I'm going to say is you can try, you can spend a lot of time and you will eventually unlock everything in this place. Mm-hmm. So starting, you know, the, the first initial role is just to see if you just like pop it open. You're working on this strong box. You don't get it initially, but after about 10 minutes of working with it, you do eventually get it opened. Some creative, creative elven swearing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds very musical. So during this time, Tarathiel is fiddling, <laughs> you know, probably sitting in one of those chairs in front of the fire, lockbox in lap, trying to pop on these locks, cursing in elvish. Kaldun Ferzon, is there anything you want to do in the meantime? Ferzon's going to walk over and pull the blanket off of the obviously not trapped, or obviously trapped bookcase. <laughs> Okay. Uh, you walk over there, you pull the blanket off, and behind mm-hmm. the blanket is... I just tried to move my token on the stream. Did it work? Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> I've also attempted to do that already today. <laughs> Sorry. Um, go pull the blanket, and behind the blanket is effectively what we know as a grandfather clock. It is active. It's ticking. Oh, and cool. behind the face of the grandfather clock is kind of a mirrored bas-relief of a gnomish face. It's not the face of the gnome that you saw that squirreled mm-hmm. out of your grip, but has a very familiar familial resemblance, probably his father, grandfather. I mean, it is a grandfather clock after all. Yeah, very, it is a grandfather clock, so more than likely it's his mother. So it's a mother clock. Um, but yes, <laughs> you find this behind the... the this blanket that's been thrown over the clock. Okay. Um, any check for, um, you know, hidden sorts of things, kind of tap on it as gently as a Goliath can. All right. Um, you know, maybe slide it to the side. Give me a perception. Crash. 
Yeah, crash. Sorry about your mother clock. <laughs> A 15 perception. You don't notice anything out of the ordinary, nor find anything additional. Okay. It's not trapped. Okay. He'll turn over his shoulder and says, There is nothing of interest here. Kaldun? Um, so is there anything here, uh, ledgers, like business ledgers, any sort of documentation, nothing like that in this entire floor? Not on this floor. Not that you've seen. Okay. Um, Man locksmith shop. <laughs> Trying to pick locks in a locksmith. Do I have to be able... If I summon my familiar, do I have to be able to see where I summon it? I don't think I do. You mean like summon it behind a door kind of thing, a locked door? Yes. Let's take yeah, a give, give me just a second. I'm, 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 yeah. I'm looking at the spell right now. Give that a good read and see As how that, an action, see what that says. You can cause it to re... Okay. All right. So this is... I'm just going to read the text. Okay. As an action, you can temporarily dismiss your familiar, which I've done. Uh, it disappears into a pocket dimension where it awaits your summons. Alternatively, you can dis- dismiss it forever, which I have not done. As an action, while it's temporarily dismissed, you can cause it to repair in any unoccupied space within 30 feet of you. Okay. And it does not say anything about line of sight or it does not. previous knowledge. In that case, we'll go by uh, rules as written. Yeah, you can absolutely pop it behind a door. Okay. So I will I will start with the door with the red dot on the first floor. Okay. Uh, and um, go ahead. What kind of communication do you have with your telepathic? So telepathic, as in you speak to it, you can understand it, it can re- report back at level two. Of course, I'm thinking. Uh, I'm maybe thinking old editions. It may be completely different now. You can actually see um, and hear through its eyes at this I can, point. Yes, I can use its senses, and okay. I can communicate it telepathically. It doesn't know a language, but I can command it to do things, and I mean, it, it knows what I'm saying. But you can, at bare minimum, look through its eyes and yes. see what's in that room, and you will yes, understand I can use what its that senses. is. Okay, so you're yes. going to start at the room that is on the first floor that's behind that dot. I don't know why there's a uh, red dot there, to be completely honest. But it, uh-huh. there's a little sign that says "Go here first. Yeah, yeah. So Pazel, yes, appears behind the door, and it appears to be a workroom. Uh, there's a large bench with it's cluttered with uh, tiny tools, gears, mechanisms. Um, over the corner, there's a series of baskets with raw ore, coal. Um, Springs, keys, just everything that you could imagine that would be necessary to create locks for one thing, but also to create other things as well. Like you imagine a gnome that likes to tinker. And as much as this, the front room, uh, the storefront and the display area, the two that you've already been in are immaculate and just absolutely perfectly everything in its place. This room is a mess. This is like where an artist goes to work and just looks like, you know, uh, some sort of robot blew up in here. Okay. Yeah, we have a question in the room chat. Asking, what that? does Puzzle look like? Oh, yeah. Describe Puzzle. Puzzle is an owl. 
Pazel is an owl. What kind of owl? White, black, green? Screech. Screech hoot. So this is a this is a really, really good question. Um Pazel say so so Khaldun is from the astral plane and their owls <laughs> are not normal owls. So uh they've he's sort of a, a, a light gray. Um but it, he, he doesn't look like if if you saw this owl you would not like oh look a barn owl. No. It's 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 gonna be it looks like a creature from the astral plane. So I'm going to say it looks kind of similar. It's sort of, yeah, it's an astral owl. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. So Pazel is in the room and just kind of either, either kind of roosting on the table or just kind of flying around. Sure. She's sitting on the table looking around. She has dark vision. Okay. It is dark. Okay. Um, all right, workroom. So I will temporarily dismiss her into the pocket dimension and go up the stairs. All right. Uh, Trathiel, you're still tinkering with the lock. It's going to take a few more minutes. Fares on. Uh, you've pulled this cloak, this blanket off of the grandfather clock. Anything else you want to do? Um, the, or the chests, do they have padlocks or do they have integrated locks? These three chests all have integrated locks. This is okay. the sales room to sell these kind of chests for sure. Right, right, right. Okay, okay. So he will uh, go upstairs and try to pick the lock with his boot. Which one? Uh, the first The first one that he comes to. <laughs> Door on the right. All right. Go upstairs. The first one that's locked. Give me a boot check. <laughs> Oh, uh, I don't. I don't keep this information private. By the way, I let them know this is a workshop. Yep. Excellent. Um, and I'm sorry. Did did your familiar search the workshop, or did they just kind of swoop around and pop back into the other side? Right now, I'm just getting an idea what's in there. Okay. Just uh, hunting and a pecking. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um. So boot check. Boot check. What's- so, strength? so there's no. You're trying to bash the door open. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Kick, kick the door down. Loot, kick the door down. Loot the room. Give me an athletics check, strength check. Athletics strength check. I can do that. That is going to be uh, one of these. Actually, same as same numbers. Uh, Seventeen on. So that check. Tarathion Khaldun, you hear a thunderous smash against the door upstairs. Uh, Farzan, the door gives way slightly, mm-hmm. but not quite. You feel like a couple more kicks and this thing's going down. All right. I'm going to sit in a chair. <laughs> Pick the lock with my foot. Yes. Mm. Well, yes, his uh, his lockpicks are integrated into his boots. <laughs> You're like Iron uh, Man. Yeah, you know. <laughs> All right, my, my back my backup character is an artificer. Um, but yeah, I mean, a couple more rolls. Yeah, give me one more roll. After that, one we're more just, roll. Uh, Twenty four. Yeah. yeah. Door. Oh, you hear another thunderous kick, and the door slams open. 
Let me present to you a locksmith's bedroom. Dang it. You can't quite see that. <laughs> I see a footlocker. You do. Um, so this is, yeah, this is definitely his, <laughs> you've definitely kicked open his bedroom. Um, inside is a small bed, a gnomish size bed. There are two, ch- uh, two chest of drawers and a chest at the foot of the bed. Anything that is not locked, he will investigate. And he will also call down and say, (laughs) this one is now open. (laughs) All right. So the two uh, chests against the, the two chests of drawers against the walls, one is locked. There's one locking mechanism. Uh, Think of it sort of like a, like a filing cabinet, how there's one lock that unlocks the entire thing mm-hmm. at the very top. The other one is mm-hmm. not locked and has is just full of uh, gnomish sized clothing. Okay. Uh, he will. Let's see. Where is Tarathriel? Yeah, he, he'll he'll kind of lean back over the banister there and say, "Tarathriel, I will need you for the rest of these." <laughs> Oh, the ch- the uh, the chest at the end of the bed is also unlocked and has additional clothing. Nothing, uh, nothing in there as well, or either. What's your point? Okay. Uh, right. Yeah. So, put, so about put, this time, Tarathio, you pop the, the lock. All right. It's, just at that moment. Yeah, it's perfect <laughs> yes. timing. It's like you hear the second thunderous kick, and like immediately, it was just the the bump you needed to get the lock open. <laughs> Teamwork <laughs> makes the dream work, or makes the stream work. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> I'll be here all night. <laughs> Fabulous. By the way, I I did a Google search for swearing in Elvish, and I found results because, of course, I did. <laughs> <laughs> we'll iterate those into your character soon. Yeah, it's excellent. <laughs> what do I find? What is in this box? In the box, Elvin swear word. It is. Full of loose coins, <laughs> copper, silver, and gold. I'm rich. I'm rich. <laughs> I feel like this is probably, uh, obviously, the, the the strong box for the building for giving, making change. Whenever he makes a sale, mm-hmm. you can count it now or go up and assist uh, booting through doors. Caldoun, you are definitely. Uh, shocked uh, in your elven or your elven, your owl eyes and ears hearing this from above because you as Khaldun are deaf and dumb as the owl is doing its thing. So, yes. Uh, in that case, then yeah, I'm going to pocket a, a handful of coins and then head upstairs. Okay. <laughs> what do you do with the, uh, the lockbox? Uh, I'll put it, I'll leave it on the counter. Okay. So you, hand, you grab a handful. We'll figure that out here in a little bit. Head upstairs. Yep. Join Cal, uh, join Fairzon and his unlocking of the door. Uh, Khaldun? Uh I dismiss uh, Pazel temporarily. Um, I'll go up the stairs. 
And as I pass by the door, I just look at it and go, how mundane. <laughs> and mean, walk you... over here and do the same thing. Okay. You mispronounced, I, I, mispronounced uh, mending. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go to be, I'm going to be doing that here in a second. Yeah. <laughs> okay. It's going to take you just a second. So, Trathiel, you okay. are upstairs in there with Farzan examining this room. The only thing mm-hmm. that you found that stands out is there is a locked chest of drawers against the eastern wall. Uh, everything else is unlocked. Um, give me a perception check. Perception both of check. You, both of you can. 23. Natural 20. 20. Natural 20 and nice. a 17. So this room, you can tell, has only been entered or exit or moved around by a small humanoid, like a gnomish okay. side. Never been it's inside. It's difficult to fit in here. What's that? It's difficult to fit in here. Yes, and it is, like I said, it's a gnomish-sized bed. So it seems obvious to you that only uh, whoever this person is, this Gelv, has come in and gone from this room in a very long okay. time, at least that you can detect. And you're standing in front of this locked chest of drawers. I'm assuming you're wanting to attempt to fix that problem. So let's start with just an immediate roll. And as you're doing that, Pazel pops into a room. And this room appears to be basically a kitchen pantry. Okay. Uh, there's, there is the, the fireplace on the far wall that coincides with the one below. Uh, there are uh, you know, foodstuffs. Uh, the, the central table is for preparing his meals. And there appears to be a small hourglass that's you know empty right now, uh, but sitting as well on the central. Empty as in like it's flipped and all the sands on the bottom. Um, maybe a timing mechanism for some sort of cooking. Cooking? Yeah. Okay. Um, is the door in the corner open or closed? It's open, and that is uh, definitely the pantry with food stuff. Okay. Okay. There is a there is oh. a window if you want to jump out. <laughs> you made the fenestry <laughs> at will. <laughs> Just smack your bird against. All right. <laughs> uh, so I rolled so, a four for a nine. That is just high. No, that doesn't work at all. <laughs> You've now, you've now been kicked out of the locksmithing game. <laughs> uh, so, like I said, again, uh, we're at that point where you failed the first check, which just means you don't immediately open it. You can spend time to unlock this uh, yeah, chest of drawers. It will be just... more orphans dead when we find them now. <laughs> Probably. This is a complex <laughs> lock. You think... In game terms, basically, if we were playing a 3-5 or Pathfinder, you would basically take 20 to open this thing. And that's exactly yeah. what you would have to roll to get it open. Right. So <laughs> this is going to take you a good 15-20 minutes to fiddle and open this lock. Just kind of looking ahead a little bit. So you may not yep. finish it, but you're going to have to essentially take 20. Yep. Um, Working on it. So Farzan, you see Thrathiel over there, got his picks out. Something in Elvish that doesn't sound like it should be said among children or wives. Uh, and he just continues to work. Right. Khaldun, I'm assuming you take Pazel back? Yes, I bring her back. Um, I will go up 
left here. Um, I will cast mending on the door to repair it. <laughs> okay. It is um, mended. And uh, please, so please, please don't make it gets mended with the lock still intact. So now we're locked in here. And so the door's so you, open. <laughs> you do, as you spend time casting the mending spell, realize that this is key locked from inside and out. If you shut the door, it will relock. So oh, you, no, I'm not going to shut the door. I'm right. just fixing it. Right. So you have to make a, a point of just keeping it open and not relatching it because it will automatically lock. Yeah. So so Cowden's thought process is this: if it turns out that Mister Gelv is in fact innocent, we don't want to have destroyed his house right. if we need his help. Exactly. Um. All right. Um. And so after I fix the damage i'm gonna go down here and i'm gonna take a second look at this corner so are you, have to you see been, if there's have you been anything strange hefting around this invisible dead body this entire time no yes oh crap no 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 okay. no no, no. I, I laid it down like on on uh that chest right there just okay. get it out of the way all right Oh, you could have put it on one of the chairs so that when somebody tries to sit down, they just sit up. <laughs> how, how awkward. <laughs> this is not at all what I expected from today's. <laughs> yes. I'm being hugged. <laughs> oh, God, is rigor mortis set in? Uh, fair's on. Uh, no, what it's like doing? that when we found it. <laughs> um sorry? What you doing while Terathiel is uh, active? Um, he will step out of the door in back to the uh, hallway here and ask uh, Khaldun uh, if he needs to open the door. Second door. Uh, if you're hungry, it's a kitchen. <laughs> Shopping his boot. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Engage food. He he says, uh, "Well, uh, he he." Uh, Caldoun described the uh, workshop. Yes. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and he asks, uh, "Do we need to get inside?" I didn't see anything, but I couldn't get a really really good look. It just looks like a workshop where he would be making the locks. Okay. Um, then. We should at least have a look around. And he will go um, pick the lock on the bottom door, on the northern door in the bottom floor. Foot style? Mm-hmm. All right. Go ahead and give me your first check. Uh, Trathiel, you hear the telltale sign of Farazan also attempting to pick locks. And <laughs> Just winces. 24. Hey. 24. First oh. kick, it flies <laughs> off the hinges, slams into the table behind it, knocking a couple of gears and uh, tools into the floor. It is over. Oh. <laughs> he, he says, uh, well, I don't know what he would say. <laughs> okay, but yeah, he, he will knock, go in and knock. start looking around. Yeah. Here is Farazan. <laughs> Got to start doing some uh, Arnold's uh, one-linders. <laughs> Stick it around. What what does the uh what does the uh the shoot, the Kool-Aid man, what does he say when he oh, comes yeah. into the room? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh yeah. There we go. Yeah, he goes in and starts looking around. 
Well, it's a good thing you have a mystical carpenter that runs around with you everywhere you go that can <laughs> repair these these wooden doors with a wiggle of his fingers. I mean, um, he's not from around here, so you know, until someone tells him it's not polite to kick a door down. Yeah, nobody's nobody's objected to it yet. <laughs> uh, Keldon, you are doing an investigation. Give me a perception. Okay. So, um, question: uh, Hazel is has perception, and she actually has advantage on checks that rely on hearing and sight. Okay. Next. So, I would like to use her to do the check. Is that reasonable? Is it specific to like darkness with the advantage to no. hearing and sight? No, okay. the owl has advantage wisdom perception checks that rely on hearing or sight. No, it's not unreasonable at all. It actually makes sense. So Okay, you... so what I'll do is I'll summon her and just have her assist me, you know. You're gonna assist her, it sounds like. I'm gonna assist her, yes, actually she's better than I am. Okay. Give me a perception with advantage. Okay. Does Bazel sit on your shoulder or just like perched on top of your head? Or what is in this particular case? It's going to be oh, look at that 21. Um, (laughs) oh, (laughs) on my shoulder, (laughs) okay, okay. So it's not that Pazel notices anything specific with the grandfather clock or the mirrored image of uh old gnome but she it's something about an echo and she lifts off of your shoulder and flies flies around the room stops I don't know hovers perches at the area directly at the base under the the stairs under the stairs okay I will go and investigate. Okay, so her role is the one that did it, but you go over and pay attention to what she has found, and you find a very well-hidden outline of a door. Okay. Very smooth into the side of the stairwell. All right. Um, uh, Companions. I found a hidden door. Come unlock it. <laughs> Is it? Can I did? Can I determine the opening mechanism? Yes, it's a little slide hatch, maybe an inch wide. You pull in, finger latch it, and it'll pop the door open. You figure. All right. I'm, I'm assuming I, you I haven't done wait. this. I have not. Okay. I have not. I'm going to wait for everybody else to come All in. All right. So. What's uh, the fun of that? Fares on if you're just going to. Look around, uh, mm-hmm. waiting for Tarathiel to finish unlocking this lock. Is that mm-hmm. anybody want to do anything else in the meantime? This is going to be a twenty-minute wait. It's not like I'm going to be any better at picking this one. So, <laughs> <laughs> okay. So time passes. Tarathiel is working with this lock. However, in the time that he is doing that, there is a knock at the door, the front door of Gelv's locks. Um, a knock that's that. Quickly turns into someone walking in the front door. You hear the the dinging in the background, and the door closes behind. And you hear a, a kind of a a familiar, 
uh, voice just ask out into the, the, the void, hello? And you recognize... It's familiar? A familiar... You, you recognize it as uh, Rufus's voice. Rufus, the priest from St. Cuthbert's Church. No. Oh. Okay. Uh, Fares we were making that much noise. <laughs> Cross town. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You'd be surprised. Goliath foot through a very <laughs> heavy wooden door. <laughs> uh, Guys? So, yeah, Fares on will walk walk over to the uh, the doorway and say, uh, are we still morning? Are we still morning? Oh, Tim? yeah. It's... Um, since the guards left, it's not even been an hour. So it's okay. maybe pushing two o'clock. Okay. He says, good afternoon, Rufus. Hi. Hi. Um, so, Jinya. Hmm? <laughs> drew, drew a sword. Jinya <laughs> sent me down here, um, Gelv is at our church, and he's terrified. <laughs> Oops. Um, he's not sure what to think. But could, can you guys come talk to him and explain to him what's going on? We tried to set him at ease, but apparently one of you is working for the last laugh. He's He's sworn it, and he's afraid that his life is on the line. Okay. Um, Parazon asks, was Gelv a gnome or a human? A gnome? Is, he's a gnome. I had no idea. He explained to us that he's hidden, he and his family have hidden their presence as gnomes in the city for generations because, well, it's a human city and they felt like their business would be better off being human businessmen. Why is that? Just perceptions. Humans tell, selling to humans. They were afraid of uh, racial conflict. Things like that. Just better for business. He doesn't think that he would be in danger. Just they felt like it would be better for business. I mean, no other reason than that. A, he says, I do not understand he is a good locksmith. My companion has had trouble bypassing his work. Enjoy that bus. <laughs> but he seems got it. competent. I, I got it. I got it. No, I don't got it. <laughs> <laughs> Shaitan fürs I think that was more German. <laughs> yeah. Elvis that German. Not um, at all. Elvis German, yeah. During, you know, I listened to this conversation, and after you know they've kind of got to that point, I, I will step through the curtain, walk around, ah. and extend my hand to shake Rufus's hand. It's really, really good to see you. You as well. I extend his hand. Yeah, hand. he extends his hand and shakes hands with you. All right, he does not change appearance. No, no. This is okay. Rufus it's, for all that you can tell. Okay. All right. All right. Um, well, we're 
there's a problem, maybe you can help us solve it. We have a body, and it's very unusual. <laughs> you think you can take a look at it? Well, from my understanding, I can't. And he chuckles at his own humor. <laughs> How but, did you know? Gelf. Did he see the invisible attacker? No, but he knew that it was there. By definition, no. <laughs> By definition, I can't. But he did tell us about it. Um, Does it he, did he tell you what it was? Oh, he doesn't know. He doesn't have a name for it. He just calls it the Invisible Watcher. Watcher. Do you Is, think you might be able to identify it if you were to poke it with a stick? I'm, I'm happy to try. Okay. I bring him around and show him to it. And he kneels down beside the body and he feels on it, pushes on it, lifts it, grabs the fingers and uh, notices the clipped fingernails. And by the way, those fingernails did not appear after you clipped them off. They remained invisible. Um, Excellent. He attempts to identify the creature. While he's doing that, I'm going to go over here and repair that door. Attempt being the key word. So as he's on the, as he's kneeling beside the the couch, looking over the body, he, in the time that it takes you to finish finishing finish repairing the door, uh, and Tarathiel, you actually get the lock undone. Um, Hooray! Rufus stands up. I'm sorry. I, I have no idea. I've never. Okay. Quote, seen anything like this before, or heard of anything like this before. <laughs> it's obviously well, trying not to be funny now. <laughs> <yes>. <laughs> well, thank you for the attempt. I couldn't identify it either. Uh, Jinya, I, I suggest talking to Jinya. If anybody I know could identify that, it would be her. All right. Well, we'll, we'll when we go to the church... Here in a few minutes, we'll take the body with us, and maybe she can let us know what it is. Okay. Fair as um, Go ahead. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Uh, it, he, um, so when he, he walks in, you know, he kind of trails Rufus into the other room just to kind of, you know, keep an eye on everything. Um, since there are shapeshifters about, um, he calls up to uh, Tarathriel and basically just asks him to bring a blanket or something we could wrap the body in so that we can you know, not look like additional weirdos walking, you know, miming, carrying things. <laughs> carrying an invisible carpet around town. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Throw a blanket down. Yeah, so you, Tarathiel, you hear to, the booming voice. I'm trying voice. to envision this. Go ahead. Uh, just Tarathiel, you hear the booming voice saying that. Wince again, immediately pop up in the lock. This is going to be how it works every single time. So every time Fezan makes me jump, that's when I'm going to get the lock. Right? <laughs> He's assistance. helping you. It's, yeah, exactly. He's assisting. Yeah. 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 Was... I'm trying to imagine whether carrying a body shaped thing wrapped in a carpet is more or less weird than walking around like this. <laughs> Well, if you're all doing it, it maybe this starting is like a, a fad. <laughs> like this is how we walk yeah, through town now, you know. <laughs> Pretend to be a cult. <laughs> starting up the ministry of silly walks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, the big handshakes too. <laughs> uh, all right, what uh, what do I find in this 
in this final thing, and then I'll grab a blanket and head downstairs. All right, you pull open the top drawer. Um, no mesh underwear. What's that? No mesh underwear. <laughs> no, <laughs> in this one you find uh, spools of thread, ink, parchment, uh, quills, uh, a wooden comb. So just near various knickknacks and the ability to take notes and write and things like that. Pull the second drawer. Uh, yeah. Inside, you see just sheafs and sheafs of paper, handwritten notes on lock designs, various different lock designs, key designs, uh, one, two, three, four mechanism locks, like just highly complex lock designs in here. Um, however, you dig through them and buried at the very bottom is what's obviously a leathery hide kind of um i want to use the word vellum but basically it's a hide that's been used as a piece of paper there's been a, a map that's been kind of burnt into one side of it at the very bottom rolled up under the uh the uh papers with the, the lock designs and it's not a map of something i immediately recognize it's not like a map of cauldron it is not a map of cauldron. In fact, the map oh, change. looks like this. Ah, it's off center. Damn it. This. It looks centered to me. Ooh. Mm. Interesting. And you see the neat little chairs because it's leather. That's that's, yeah, pr that's, that's production great. value. That's very cool. <laughs> shiny. It's worth every penny we paid for. Yeah, that's I right. hate it. <laughs> <laughs> so right, you I, have access I to that map. I will. Yeah, I'm gonna roll it up and stick it in my uh, stick it in my top pocket somewhere, and grab a grab the blanket off of the bed and come downstairs. Okay, there's a bottom drawer. You've been through the top middle. Ooh, ooh! If there's a third drawer, there's a third drawer. That's where all the good stuff is always. I want it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's a window I can throw it out of. Yeah, if it catches on fire, that's the best place to do it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So you go and pull the third drawer open. Boom. Yeah, I'm waiting for the roll, roll of dexterity saving throw. Well, it's not. It's a melee attack. Two scythe blades come out of the floor. Perfect. And attempt to uh, dismember disembowel, defenestrate you. That's uh, I'll lose more fingers, I'm going to be annoyed. <laughs> <laughs> if it's a crit, alright, I'm going to tell you right now, if it's a crit, you lose a finger. Oh. Holy shit. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Sorry. I thought he was joking about the whole melee attack thing. No, it is. <laughs> um, oh, wow. 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 I mean. Pick, pick one. It's it's a natural twenty. Uh, <laughs> holy crap! So I hate when that kind of thing happens. It's like betting on double zero roulette, and then, yeah, exactly. I mean, it's not going to have any true effect, but man, you can look like you pissed off the last laugh twice now. <laughs> oh, um, hit the other hand. It's going to get harder and harder to use my mouse when I'm in character now. <laughs> problem is, it's a critical hit. Mm -hmm. So it does double damage. Uh-oh. And we're going to roll it on roll 20. 
Do we have a Eight. crit card? No, crit we're, card? Not, we're not there. I don't know. I'm probably not going to do crits oh. like that. Max damage on a crit. Uh, oh. A total of 13 points of damage from this critical. So you had, were rolling up this map and still kind of interested in that. Not even paying attention, you pull the last drawer out and it just comes up and lops off the second finger on your dominant <laughs> hand. And now we can call you Trey. <laughs> um, but in the, in Take the, that Frodo, I'm the eight-fingered. <laughs> the, the sides come up, <laughs> cut through your hand. And back into the floor, and the drawer is open. Jeez. Oh, Great. that's good. So Great. Fantastic. It would be tough to say that you don't yelp a little bit in pain. You guys yeah. you, you guys actually hear a a the sound of a mechanism, gears grinding and turning, as you also hear Tarathiel just you know, just yell out in uh, quick sharp pain and then probably hear me hit the floor. Silence. Are you out? Are you at zero? No, oh. but it probably would, would fall over anyway. <laughs> Thematic falls. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so the drawer's open. You're bleeding profusely from your lack of a digit. Um, I, arterial spray. Yeah. <laughs> I can do with a hand. <laughs> At least a couple of fingers. <laughs> you guys. There's on hear, hearing that will run upstairs. Okay. <laughs> And actually, um, uh, Rufus even heads up with you. He seems, <laughs> he has a look of genuine concern on his face. You know, he's like, oh my goodness. And he takes off behind Farazan. Run upstairs, you see Tarathiel basically sitting on the bed holding the nub <laughs> of another missing finger, bleeding <laughs> profusely, blood all over the floor. Um, what Find that for me, will you? <laughs> <laughs> Might have gone under the bed. Uh, he'll, he'll, Farazan will reach down and kind of like set him, you know, grab him like under the arms and kind of put him onto the, put him onto the bed, help him out. Rufus comes up, touches you on the shoulder. If you don't mind, I can help you. Uh, that would be great. Touches you on the shoulder, <laughs> heals you for 12 hit points. Can we reattach his finger? Maybe when I am have six level spells. <laughs> Unfortunately. So in the bottom drawer, which I'm sure everybody's now curious about finding, uh, uh, Tarathiel, you're no longer bleeding. Rufus has healed you. Um, in the bottom drawer, you find a book. That is got a little latch lock on the cover of it, sitting in there, just, and that's it. Just hand, just hands it to Ferzan. Can you kick that open? <laughs> Kicks it through the window out in the street. <laughs> yeah, just chuck it out the window. Uh, uh, I'm sorry. No, there's a, a, another book in here as well. Uh, it's a book titled "Building Better Locks." Um, <laughs> Probably valuable to a uh, locksmith. He's he's definitely taking that one to heart. Well, <laughs> we we do have a locksmith that we uh, that we need to get on our side, so maybe we should give it to him. <laughs> <laughs> T- 
Good idea. <laughs> take it back from his bedroom and give it to him. Here, I have a gift for you. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, I cannot and, believe. And then he has to, then he has to give us the face like, ah, oh, thanks. I've I've always wanted this book, and I don't <laughs> definitely have a copy at home. <laughs> While this is occurring, I mm-hmm. am going to summon Pazel under the cupboard. Uh, oh, okay. In the stairs, under the stairs. So Pazel appears behind the door, and inside or behind the, the the stairwell, under the stairwell, is another stairwell that kind of it follows the same trajectory of the stairs, but it goes down to a sub basement. And so she fl- she flies around for a couple hours. Is it the same map? I'm, I'm kidding. Okay. Um, so <laughs> it, it the stairs go down to, to like a door or something? Go down to a landing and he- take a right. And from where she is, uh, she has advantage on her perception with auditory as well, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. All right. No roll needed. She can hear what sounds like laughing and birds tweeting and the sounds of spring from down the hallway, down the stairs, around the corner. Completely dark. Like children's laughing? Not necessarily. More. <laughs> no. No. I mean, uh, you're probably thinking orphans. Uh, no, this is more like gnomes, adult gnomes laughing. So it's kind of a higher pitch sound, but it's not oh. children. Freaking weird. This is weird. This is weird. <laughs> it's a gnome colony. It's an infestation. (laughs) (laughs) Almost got it. Okay. Almost got it. All right. So I am going to recall her. Okay. All right. And then I'm going to go back upstairs with the rest of the crew. Okay. And see what damage I can repair. Um as far as I can tell, nothing really is damaged, right? You successfully opened the lock, didn't have to kick open the door. Can you repair a finger? Let me, let me see. I can't believe I that. <clears throat> Holy shit. The spell repairs a single break or tear in an object you touch, such as a broken chain link, two halves of a broken key, a torn cloak, a finger... Or a leaking wine skin. I feel like you added finger to that. <laughs> or an elven robe. Maybe. Sorry, it's rules is written. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so Holy theoretically, shit. if the finger is dead, I might be able to repair it. Yes, it may not work very repair, well. You can repair his pinky to his ring finger, because they're both objects, and have like one long, <laughs> strange, double fingernail finger. <laughs> Um, it says you can physically repair a magic item or construct, but the spell cannot restore magic to such an object. Okay. So it definitely sounds like it has to be an, a non-living thing. Yes. yes. It, absolutely. Unfortunate. Yeah. Unfortunate. Um, is, is this book thing locked? It is locked. <sighs> of, course, of course it's locked. What are you thinking? <laughs> Fairson looks down and he says, Do you need me to tear the lock off? <laughs> Why don't we ask the gnome to open it? 
Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Right. I forgot. <laughs> we, he's 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 uh, come come forward, or at least run 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 forward away from the away from us. So yeah. So Rufus, we have reason to believe he's innocent. <laughs> Rufus is standing there, kind of uh, shyly embarrassed by everybody, <laughs> like. I mean, was sort of wearing devil's bedroom. Keegan is is at the church. Uh, he's wanting to talk to you. What can we leave his house? And this this doesn't seem appropriate to me. I don't think you should be. Let's go talk to Keegan. You mean Gelv? Gelv is his last Keegan name. Gelf. It's Keegan Gelv. Oh, 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 got it. Oh, yes. Okay. Please, please, can we leave his bedroom? And he's okay. kind of like motioning towards the door. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, now that I, I, I forgot, uh, Jamie forgot. Um, but yes, yes. Um, um, Fares almost stop breaking things. Open. <laughs> excellent, excellent. And, and follow um, Rufus. Okay. So the four of you, yes. Go. Yep, yes. I, okay. I so, heft up the invis- invisible cobalt and take it with us. So you heft it up, carry it. Um, heading through town to the uh, Church of St. Cuthbert, described it mm-hmm. earlier. It's, it's got the two giant uh, statues of the warriors holding the mace up high and the oaken door. Walk inside. Excuse me. And there are acolytes uh, doing just daily business. There's people in here, several just citizens praying um there's holding a church service um rufus kind of beckons uh, off to the side along the, the the main auditory auditorium to a back room um where you find jenya uh sitting in her rectory i don't know what the word is for that religious stuff but in her private office uh sitting behind her table behind her desk and in a nice comfortable chair you see a gnome sitting there drinking something out of a cup that's steaming and they're they were kind of in the middle of a conversation as you open the door uh jenya you know looks over stands up gentlemen please come in shut the door keegan has the door down (laughs) keegan Keegan has been telling me an interesting story uh, Keegan, <clears throat> would you care to share with them? Uh, this is Keegan Gelf. He is a gnome, not a human. I had no idea. Uh, I'm sorry, Keegan, please, you can speak for yourself. And Keegan looks, he stands up and nods a little bit. Uh, sorry, I had to run out. Uh, you literally scared the hell out of me. I did not know why you were there. Uh, you have no missing a finger. Uh, I had the invisible watcher in my room always keeping an eye on me. They made me do the things I did. I did not really want to do what I did. Uh, uh, you mean this guy? He stops and looks. <laughs> he, he reaches out. Oh, oh goodness, you killed it. Oh, goodness. Oh, no, 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 no. Actually, it, it killed itself. It threw itself against our weapons and jumped in fire. Ah, well, that sounds like a... That doesn't sound like a realistic story. Uh, (laughs) It's a bonfire of self-defense. I wouldn't call you a liar. (laughs) I'm not not calling you a liar. uh, That's probably for the best. 
you shouldn't have killed it, though. Now they're going to kill him, and there's nothing I can do about it. And I, I've had him for years, and I don't kill know what who? to do. Starbrow, they're holding my rat familiar hostage. <laughs> they swear if I don't do what they tell me, they're going to kill him. Who's they? Well, one of those things, but uh, there's others that talk. Uh, Are they under the stairs? Yeah. Oh, you found the door. Oh, yeah, yes, yes. They're under the door. Have you been down there? Have you been down to Jazza Room? <laughs> Somebody, what was that? As Jinya's pouring a cup of wine and hands it over to you. <laughs> we have, Sorry. No, we have uh, production value. Um, <laughs> Jadarun, uh, the the forgotten legendary city of the gnomes. It's it's below that my is, house. Jadarun. Jadarun. There's a city below this guy's house. It's more of a not a city. It's not that big. Hovel. It's, it's two rooms. <laughs> well, it's bigger than that. I would call it a fortress. Yeah, it's a gnomish fortress. Jadarun. I'll spell it for you. You look like you need to know how to spell it. I'm, I'm yes, working on That would be very nice. J-H Z oh, Wait, 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 wait. That's, that's, <laughs> that's in common. Wait, in Gnomish it's J-Z. So J-Z-A D-I-R-U-N-E Jadarun. My people abandoned it 75 years ago because uh, it became... Infested, uh, diseased, uh, uninhabitable. But my family decided to stay and make sure that it was kept a secret. Uh, and oh, uh, and he takes his hat and fiddles with it, and he whoosh, changes into this humanoid, the human version that you met initially. Yeah. Mm. Okay. This was how I have been keeping <clears throat> a secret this whole time, and he. Fiddles it again and goes back down to the gnomish version of Keegan. Uh, nice. So I understand you're not going to kill me. And he looks over at Jinya and she nods. Uh, listen, uh, now that you've killed that watcher, and Jinya at this point, you know, everybody's been discussing and referring to and pointing at and touching. She gets up and she walks over and she. Holds her hands out for for the body. May I examine it? Asking sure, Keldun. Sure. Yeah, I, I lay it down on the ground. Okay. And as as uh, Keegan continues to talk, uh, they it was the last laugh. They're the ones that approached me, but they told me it was on behalf of these things, these these creatures, these invisible creatures. Uh, there's more than this one. There. Are bigger ones and littler ones, but they didn't tell me what their plans were, but they did take Starbrow. I don't know how, I don't know what I could do with They took Starbrow and said that they would kill him if I didn't give them new locks for the orphanage and give them a key. 
but they didn't tell me they were going to take the job. I don't know what I thought they were going to do. I was terrified. They had Starbra. I don't know what. <laughs> maybe, maybe they were going to sneak more orphans in when nobody was looking. I don't know. I did not see them come or go after they showed themselves to me. I didn't see them bring the children in. I don't know when they did it. They do everything at night. Uh, uh, that's why I, I keep my doors locked. I, uh, there's that one. Well, there was that one that was keeping an eye on me. And now I, uh, if he's not there, I don't know what they're going to do. And they're going to. Uh, You're saying they took the children into the fortress under I, your house? I can only imagine. That's the, that's where they come and go from. Uh, they've been there for a while. The last laugh or the watchers? The watchers. Those invisible watchers. You can hardly see them even when they move. They're very scary. And they have Starbrow. I really would love for you to go and find Starbrow for me. So you called Starbrow your familiar. Yes. Are you a wizard? I am an illusionist. He tips his hat. Is, okay, so I a, summon Puzzle. Wizard, what's that? I summon Puzzle. Okay. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> I said, "Is that a wizard?" <laughs> yes, I am a wizard. Yeah. I am an illusionist. It's a special kind of wizard that makes illusions. That, that makes sense. Okay. Um, so I am able to conjure my familiar, as you can see. Can you not do the same? Well, no, they have him. <laughs> How long have you been a wizard? <laughs> it's not a very good one. I've been, I've been studying a good portion of this year. It's basically March. No, actually, it's later in the year. It's probably around September uh, as far as the distance throughout the year. I've been. It's the, almost, it's the Greyhawk equivalent of Pi Day, basically. <laughs> <laughs> Which I saw today was uh, mathematicians trying to sell yeah. math. Yeah, trying to sell more math. <laughs> yes, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Sell big math. S- how do you sell math? <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, uh, a, yeah, I hope that attitude. Why do you ask? Because it, I can show you if you can go buy some incense i can show you how to summon your familiar if you're really that concerned about it well i've done that i I had the incense i did the ritual i did the incantation and i summoned starbrow this most perfect rat if you'll do that again it will it will summon him to you but it won't be the same it won't be starbrow you haven't been a wizard very long, have you? <laughs> At least a year. And he does something and casts light. See, I have, I have power. I can do spells. Impressive. Why are we, t- <laughs> why are we talking about a rat when there's four children missing? <laughs> well, yeah. well, yes, I can see how that would be inappropriate. Uh, <laughs> I, I, you're right. Uh, I, I'm very certain that the children were taken into the basement. 
Then so we must go back immediately. You should go back. You should absolutely go back. And while you're down there, should you come across a very large gray rat, I would be most appreciative if you would bring him back to me, please, very much. Thank you. Sure, we'll keep an eye out. Thank you, oh. thank you. And Ferzon, uh looks at Caldun um, uh, and says, do you have magic to make these things? Or to make us able to see them? I do not. I can learn that kind of magic, but I don't know it right now. So you're talking about spell C invisibility, I'm assuming, right? C invisibility, yeah. That's a second level spell, isn't it? It, it is, yeah. Okay. But I, I mean, okay. I can learn it eventually. I don't right. know it now. Okay. Um, and so while Keegan's been telling his story, Jinya's uh, been kind of crouched down beside this invisible body. And after a few moments, she stands up. She goes, oh, I've heard of these before. Um, never, s- well... Uh-huh. <laughs> the joke. Never encountered one before. Never encountered one before, but I have read about it before. Uh, this this is known as a skulk. Uh, it's a creature of shadow from the plane of shadow. They're usually summoned for services. Um, they're permanently invisible. Actually, you can see them if you look at them through a mirrored image. So if you hold a mirror and she goes over to her... her uh, her uh, desk pulls out a small mirror and holds it beside the, the the creature. And when you look into the mirror and see the reflection, you can see the creature. And it's a grayish blue humanoid, um, almost no ears, very few features. And hmm. she holds the mirror in different angles, and you can see the full body. You can see these through a mirror. And actually, they say that children can see them. But as you grow older, you stop to believe that they exist. You hear about children having invisible friends. Well, sometimes they're actually skulks. I don't know about that. Uh, they're not inherently evil, but they're they're a little wily. Uh, so you've got a skulk. Yeah. Ferzon frowns at the, uh, the fact that kids can see these things. He says that. That sounds terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> of course, you're basically a child when it comes to your mind. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. So, I mean, Why can't Ferzon right, exactly. see them? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he, he's, he's on the young side, and obviously this is, this is all, all new to him, but he's, he says, can... Um, what is, yeah, so is there no magic... Or something that we can use to spot these things. They are, if there are many of them, we it will be very dangerous for us to go into their hideout. The only ways I know besides casting spells like Reveal Invisibility is to use a mirror uh, or take a kid with you which don't <laughs> that's exactly where my mind went I'm like yeah, Therathiel's exactly. not going to bring that up but we could just borrow some orphans we're, we're going to go back to the orphanage <laughs> oh jeez oh, how old no. is your familiar <laughs> 
Well, it's a, it's a face spirit. It's probably 10,000 years old. Probably thousands of years yeah. old. Okay. Um, it reminds one... me of a, uh, I saw a question on Reddit once where somebody asked why, um, why Rogue and Gambit didn't have a sex life um, by getting Leech to, to take away Rogue's powers. And the top comment, which was upvoted like a thousand times, is because you don't include a child in your sex life, which I just lost. It's <laughs> not the best possible response. God, oh, I, haven't, man. I haven't read an X-Men comic book in, since I was a child. Yeah. We've, we've been watching um, those on uh, Disney Plus uh, at dinner. Speaking, so. of, speaking of that 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 thing... Uh, just real quick, I've been doing, I've been doing, following the Marvel, um, mm-hmm. watch it in order kind of thing, and I've seen oh, the yeah. first season of the t- uh, season seven of uh, oh crap, what's that? TV Agents show? of Shield. Agents Agent? of Shield. Thank you. And then okay. I watched the first Avenger, uh, uh, Captain America, the first Avenger, and now mm-hmm. and then I watched the little one-off, the fifteen-minute video uh, they did with. Uh, Agent Carter, and I'm now watching the first season of Agent Carter. So I'm working my way through, kind of watching the way they did it. They said it chronologically, so I don't understand mm-hmm. why they said the first season or the full entire season seven of Agents of Shield because it's really only the first two three episodes that are in that time frame. Go back then, in that time, yeah, yeah. So they it, it it moves on, but spoilers, I guess. But anyway, that's <laughs> way off topic. Um, <laughs> Speaking of segues, <laughs> back on track. We're right on back in on mine. Um, so you're sitting there. Uh, Keegan uh, has told his story. One of the things that uh, Jinya does mention is these things rely on their invisibility, their their ability to uh, hide and not be you know to be unseen. They're basically cowards. So should you? either see one or attack one and hit it, they're going to run. They, they just, they're not known for sticking around. Now they're going to run and hide and try to ambush you. These are ambush attackers. So be careful. Um, but I have, I have no, I have no assistance for you. I'm afraid. Um, then we should get going to the mirror store. <laughs> wear some sh- mirror, mirrored shade glasses. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Wear, wear them inside out because the mirror is inside. <laughs> now, there's uh, you, we have to send Good off a magazine. Holly. Yeah, send off of the back of the magazine with the spy glasses that have the mirrors on the outside, so you can see behind <laughs> yeah. you. Yeah, just walk backwards. And before you leave, Keegan, uh, he he hops up. He says, "Oh, before you go, I have I have something for you. If I help you uh, in your your uh, mission, uh, he." Pulls that enormous ring of keys, pulls through, pops one out, and says, "This will open uh, uh, the door to my bedroom." He hands it to you. Pulls out another key. Mm-hmm. This will open the chest of drawers in my uh, bedroom. And uh, be careful. Uh, there's a little uh, button on the side of the bottom drawer. Uh, no, no, don't go to the bottom drawer. That's where my that's my spell book. The middle drawer. Middle drawer. It's not trapped. Uh, so. Don't open the bottom drawer. It will probably uh, slice you. Ignore what I said about a button. It's not there. The middle drawer has a nice leather map of J- Zadarun. Uh, it's not completely detailed, but it might help you while you're uh, trying to find your way through there. Uh, my gift to you. And thanks for saving my rat. 
Ferrazon looks at Tarathriel and says, <laughs> he says, is that what happened to your finger? <laughs> Rufus is very interested in the wall at this point. Just kind of scratching it, looking around, not making eye contact with anybody in this room. <laughs> uh, no, I had a... Uh... I had to run in with the uh, the last laugh with the face paint. <laughs> <laughs> Very Rufus good. Continues we should go on. now. If you um, if you if you find a finger on your floor, it's not mine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what do you what? Nothing. No worry. Uh, Keegan, if your spell book happen to be locked would there be a key for it yeah hypothetically yes hypothetically yes. mr locksmith would you mind if i looked at it you're gonna get sliced in half by the trap the evil deadly vicious trap i have on there i'm a wizard uh i'm a wizard keegan I'm just, uh, I'm afraid for your safety. I mean, be, uh, why? I'm not going to steal it. I just want to look at it. Okay. I'll trade you, I'll, I'll trade you spells. How's that sound? Well, I would be very interested in that. How about this? I will let you copy any spell you want, all the spells you want, if you <laughs> get Starbrow. Deal? Please, get, please. Get, oh, thank you very much. I will. I will get your rat. I appreciate that. Uh, we'll get you. Uh, you I feel better already. It's like a weight that's been lifted off my shoulders. Uh, uh, okay. on leaves. Hurry along. I. There's no telling uh, how often they check and see. Uh, check on the watcher. Uh, probably at night. Uh, you should probably go now. <laughs> Please, please go. Please go. Get out of here, quickly. For the rat. And you guys head out. Uh, Keegan sits back down in the couch and continues talking with uh, Jinya, who goes back around. Uh, Rufus stays in the room, shuts the door behind you. Head back out, go into Cauldron, move on back around, get to Keegan Gelb's locks. Mm -hmm. Walk over to the door under the stairwell. Mm-hmm. Now what? Uh, did uh, Terethiel get this? Get, you you got the spell book, did you? No, I left the spell book. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you left it? Okay. I'm yeah, going to go get it. With his finger. Huh? Mm -hmm. I'm going to go get it. Okay. Let's go up. Uh, the door is locked. You have the key. Go to the sure. chest of drawers. The door is locked. You have the key. Just tried to put right. my token on the stream again. <laughs> <clears throat> yep. Uh, yeah, I'll go up there. Um, and with Mage Hand, I will open the door. Come across the uh, room. Before um, uh, Khaldun, like heads upstairs, he, uh, Farazan will catch him by the shoulder and says, we must go downstairs quickly. There are children in danger, and he will open the door. Okay. Farazan opens the door. 
Mm-hmm. And loses a loses a hand. <laughs> Just a finger. <laughs> and behind the door, you see the stairwell. Oh, it's an arrow. Goes to the right. That arrow is indicating a direction. <laughs> the stairwell goes to a landing. It takes a right. And this is where we'll pick up next time. I'm huge. <laughs> <laughs> Shake your face. I can't. I need you. Oh, to oh, oh. Uh, Mike, uh, where did you get your artwork? Oh, that's right. Oh. Thank you. Uh, hang on. I got it from a uh, a person on uh, Art. Hang on a second. Okay. Yeah, it's uh, uh, an artist by the name of Radial Art on... What's it called? You reached out and contacted him because you're using. I did. His, I'm just. I'm just trying to find an email just so that I can right. make sure I get all the details right because I don't want to tell anybody the wrong details. Do, 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 do. Come on, emails, quick, quick, quick. This, this was not a uh, commission piece, but it's something that they had already existing, and you found. Yeah, it's match. something that the, this artist did in uh, 2015, I believe. It is uh, radial art on deviant art, and I will drop a copy of the picture into our um, Discord. And he gave you permission. He he did. So yes. I, I reached out to him to say, I, you know, I was inspired by this piece of art. I thought it was was really cool. Could I use it? Uh, on the stream, and he gave permission. So it's uh, an artist by the name of Ricardo Muscatello. Ricardo Muscatello. Well, it's a very Excellent. cool yeah. token. I like it. Yeah. Reminds me of I, uh, kind of a Brahm a little bit ish. The Brahmish style. Ah, that's just me looking. <laughs> What's a Brahmish style? Brahm, uh, an artist, he did a lot of the work for uh, Dark Suns. That kind of that that long wispy angular kind of style, uh, very very specific, very stylized. Brom art, okay. B R O M. Um, I uh, I scrolled some through some of the that artist's work, and they had some um, that were very recognizable. And uh, kind of one near where you found Tarathriel, I looked and said, "Oh, that looks like a medieval Vegeta." And down with the caption that said medieval Vegeta. And I was like, oh, there you go. <laughs> exactly what you want. It's exactly. You win. Perfectly recognizable. What's a Vegeta? So, uh, Dragon Ball Z character. Oh, okay. That so, is probably why. Okay. Cool. It's 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 <laughs> a it's a crass term for for referring to a vegetarian. <laughs> nice. <laughs> All right, but yeah, I wanted you to remember that. Yeah, I'm glad so, you reminded yeah, us. Yeah, yeah, we were talking. No, about it was that. really, really cool. Um, but yeah, I reached out to him and he said, uh, "Yep." His exact words were, "It's an old work of mine. You can use it in your campaign, but make sure he kicks some asses." Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> so didn't far, kick so any good. asses in this session. Um, <laughs> Doing great so far. <laughs> yeah, <it's> great. <laughs> I got eight, eight more. Where those came from? That's right. I, yeah. Honestly, I never in a million years expected for that to roll a twenty on the crit uh, on the no, traps. That's, that's perfect. That's uh, exactly what you want. Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> it, it actually thinking about where I want to go with the character. It's um, it, it makes for some interesting story as well. Excellent. Well, I'm glad I could assist you by removing digits by dismembering <laughs> me. Yes. Thanks, Matt. You're so, my favorite. The Abjurer is wearing a necromancy shirt. What's up with that? 
just noticed your T-shirt. Uh oh. Oh, he, he's not, tell he, time. Oh, it's he's, a dying I, art. Oh, that's beautiful. <laughs> Necromancy. <laughs> Necromancy. <laughs> it's a dying art. I, I wore this in honor tonight because I wasn't sure exactly where we were going, uh, but just in case, I was ready. What is it? <laughs> my, oh. my Punisher, <laughs> Punisher T-shirt. <laughs> in case y'all got in combat again. Uh, oh man all right sounds good well we're going to end the stream thank you everyone for joining uh we will be so let's do a quick discussion then uh mike you are on the side of the planet we've got daylight savings times do we want to adjust our recording time to nine o'clock eastern standard uh it'll give you more time to do what you got to do and get set uh, that that would be best for me if we can do that. Jamie Heath, is which that I think okay? because because I'm twelve hours different now is just nine o'clock for me. So right, <laughs> I'm good with that. I believe that would be okay. I'll have to double check the schedule, and by schedule I mean the family. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're gonna try to stick with an hour and a half. We went uh, the tonight session was a two hour stream. But the first 25 of that was just, you know, us basically waiting on Mike to finish up what he had to do. Um, (laughs) So if we plan on starting at 9, it'll be 9 to 10.30. So we're going to, for until the time changes again in, what, six months, we're going to start planning on recording at 9 p.m. on Sunday nights here on the Back Patio Twitch Network channel thing. Deal stuff. Cool stuff. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Thank you very much. Thanks for accommodating me. Hey, of course. Thanks for joining us from the other planet. <laughs> it's the only it's place cool. I can join from. Cool, cool having <laughs> you. <laughs> you join from you know, another room in the house, maybe. <laughs> Just fly over here every Sunday. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys. Thanks for watching. We will see you next time. Bye. Catch you. Right. See you, everybody. Bye.